Today on Unleashed Cast, it's our very last interview of the year, and it's with Jenna Bayek from Kinship Collective. We talk about the unfortunate reality of layoffs. How can you do them better? How can you support people who have to go through them? Also, how can you support people who are left behind? Survivor's guilt is a very real thing, and we talk about that and many other things. Of course, Unleashed Cast will be back in the new year, but until then, have a great holiday period, whatever you plan to do. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you in January. For now, though, here's my conversation with Jenna. Thanks for your time, Jenna. And my first question to, to you is, if companies do have to conduct layoffs, how can you make it easy as possible for people? Yeah, that's a great question. So layoffs are never easy, and I don't think any company always gets an A+. plus. There's always hiccups along the way. So I think first and foremost, that CEO or founder really needs to look at the leadership team as a whole. Has anybody been through this before? Do they have experience doing layoffs, or is there gaps perhaps in terms of the abilities within the organization to do this in a way that is human focused. I think sometimes the larger the organization and the more robotic sometimes those processes go and it's a checklist and you miss that you're dealing with people and you never know what's going on in their entire lives and whether this could be the thing that just kind of sets them off. It's never easy People at the end of the day understand inherently a part of business is you might grow too quickly, things may change, and you're going to need to scale back. So I think that understanding the abilities of your leadership team would be the first big piece. And you need to bring somebody in to help support this process to do it properly. And then those leaders should be having the direct conversations with their teams. I think uh, too often than not, some leaders don't love firing people, which is fair, and they want to kind of hand it off to HR. But those conversations need to come from those leaders with the support of HR in that room. And then I think encouraging showing emotion. Uh, you know, hiding it is not necessarily going to be the right thing. People want to feel that you're connected. That is just as hard for you to have that conversation. It is to be on the receiving end of that. And I think that that helps create that safe space where people can express their feelings. Um, it might be a little bit emotional right away, but that's okay. And then you can kind of get into those important pieces of walking them through that layoff package, you know, help un them understand what's being offered. Is there extension of benefits being offered? Is there job support, uh, you know, for their next role coming up that you're offering? Or even, you know, allowing counseling sessions to be part of that package. So that they have some safety in terms of how to process everything that's happened um, from that day on and being available just to ask questions after that you're not just ghosted after you walk out of that room and sign that release document. Thanks, Jenna. Um, I guess the next question isn't a complete, isn't just the opposite of the things you've been saying there, although you can take from what you've just said that those are good things to do, don't do the opposite. Um, but what are the absolute no-nos? How what should you not be doing? What are the worst th things that you have to avoid to do this? Yeah, so some of them I've been lucky or unlucky enough to witness firsthand. Um, but what I always kind of connect with clients is, is that blaming anybody within the organization in these situations would be an absolute no-no. Uh, there can be disagreement from an executive level of maybe who, how, when, and that's okay. That's natural. That's going to happen. But when the decision is made and it starts, everybody needs to be on that same page. So there can be other leaders saying, you know, I disagree or throwing the founder under the bus. Uh, that's just going to come back and be 
major problems later, especially for the people who are staying and not getting let go of. Um, backtracking in any kind of communications. I mean, so often, especially when you're growing and everything's great, layoffs aren't even in the sight line and nobody's thinking of that. So if something like that happens quickly and nobody's expecting it, you can't go back and say, oh, well, we never said we're not going to do this. We were just growing really quickly. So I think you have to be really careful in the messages you're communicating and that if there were mistakes along the way of what was said, own them, and then you move forward from them. There's no point of kind of going back on what has happened. You can acknowledge it, but you can't really stay there for that long. And then I think the same kind of token to elaborate on what I was speaking about before is not being robotic in your interactions. And, you know, don't communicate with people via text or phone. We saw like viral mass firings happen because there was recordings or there was a Zoom call and nobody was on video. And then there was just a voice talking like that's wild. Again, back to that, like human centered approach. These are their people. These are their livelihoods. You got to take that into consideration. And then, you know, not surprising managers at the last moment that you might be letting go of either their entire or most of their team, you know, engage them throughout the process. It's a big learning curve as well. And so for them to understand how these choices are made, better to have them involved in that process than to have a massive kind of almost betrayal of trust the day before when they find out half their team or all their team's going to go. So that's really important. And in align with that, not hiding in your office. Um, you'll see that sometimes where the doors close and there'll be like headphones on and you're like, something's going on. We don't know what it is, but they're not coming out of that. They wait for those like opportunities to escape and not run into people. That would be my uh, main list of no-nos for sure. All good advice there. Um, I guess we maybe also going to see the HR version of survivor's guilt. I don't think survivor's guilt as a concept needs explaining, but I imagine some people who are spared the process of this will perhaps feel like they don't deserve to be there or that kind of thing. So are there any ways that you can combat this? Yeah, I think that uh, is natural, especially depending on the size of the layoff, the bigger the cut, the more people who stay are going to feel that emptiness basically around them all of a sudden. So I think that that's where the connection between leaders and teammates come into play and where any weaknesses in that culture prior are going to get accelerated after something like this. So it's imperative that those leaders are able to have those open and honest conversations with the people that are still there. Um, you know, those first two to four weeks after a layoff are where people need to feel safe. And they're also the toughest because everything's very fresh. All the changes are happening. And also the leaders are trying to figure out what to do and they're going through their own emotions as well. So I think that that's where, you know, leaders and human resources can really come together and sort of showcase that unity um, and bringing again, counselors in and really offering that mental health support to talk about what, what's going on and work through those emotions from a much more personal development level, not just in your role. And then, you know, leaders really taking the time to set those one-to-ones with people and communicate why they're still there. You know, what are the expectations in their role, how those decisions were made uh, so that people kind of understand what happened, which helps them kind of navigate their way through, you know, looking over at the, the desk where their best workmate used to be that's no longer there. So after that period where you've kind of, let's say you've, successfully navigated this bit, then you're looking to build something new. 
for the longer term or something mm -hmm. something new for say even the, the medium term uh, which is kind of a new culture or can to continue a successful culture that you've had before um so so how can you do this how can you um build culture show trust through employee recognition or other means yeah i think What's really important is to host town halls after something like this, getting people back into the office, if that's a possibility, to feel that energy, to create that reconnection again. Like, we're all here. We just made it through this together. We're not alone. And then be able to create that environment where they can ask direct questions to those leaders um, in front of other people. And it always takes that first brave hand to ask that first question, and then everybody else, you know, gets involved. So I think that, again, reiterates that space of, something just happened, ask us questions. We're here to answer from them. We're not running away. We're not hiding in our office. And then, you know, in parallel, again, those leaders being really present and allowing people to talk um, and just readjust to the new structure. And then from, you know, that top-down perspective, that founder, that CEO, providing real clarity in terms of that forward vision. This happened. What does it look like going forward? Because when you don't have that, everyone's like, well, are we going to do is this round one of layoff number two, three, you know, and to really create that transparency in terms of the jobs and then also job safety with that. And then again, leadership alignment, the communication, the clarity company-wide, and then creating either like weekly lunches or breakfast where you can host ask me anything sessions and then ask people, you know, what do they really want to see? I think that sometimes leaders often decide what the teams want and what would be the most beneficial for them going forward without really asking them, you know, what, what could we do better? And then providing the action steps from there. Okay. We heard you, we formulated a plan, present it to everybody, get feedback and then make it happen. So when the more people are engaged to how you move forward, the better versus them just being told how it's going to be and what's going to go on from that point forward. Sounds like so many of these, the elements of this can be kind of just solved by simple or maybe not so simple communication, you know? Yeah. I always try to say like, keep it simple. The more complicated you make it, the more room for error. And then you just add layers in that don't really need to be there. And I think again, if you just come back to the most basic kind of, you know, human needs, people want to be fed, you know, have a roof over their head, how to have a means to pay their bills. So how do you do that in a way that keeps people engage, create safety, but also allows them a path forward, whether that's, you know, just job safety or even growth potential. And I think sometimes, you know, the blessing in disguise after a layoff is there is room for people to expand in their skill sets and really take that opportunity to showcase their abilities in a really meaningful way, which might completely change the trajectory of their career. Um, after something like this, it's kind of not what happens in that moment is how you come back from it. Yeah, definitely. Well, all great advice for uh, something that hopefully doesn't have to happen. But if it does, these are ways through it, out of it, and um, where you can kind of give people as much opportunity um, to thrive as possible, really. Uh, Jenna, thanks so much for talking to us today. And um, speak to you soon. I appreciate it. Thanks so much.